You're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Country Club Radio. This week we're all on vacation up here at our cabin in the mountains, doing some trout fishing and de-stressing after all that hullabaloo at Shinnecock. We left Aunt Femi in charge back at the course with a skeleton crew, but no worries. We don't have bent grass, so we can stay here a week or more. Hey, would you like to join us around the campfire? Come on, maybe you'll hear something interesting. Hey, everybody, let's all be on our best behavior. We're on the radio. Did you hear Mama's going to ban tobacco on the golf course? Yeah, what's that all about? Yeah, Mama says I got to search folks' golf bags for chewing tobacco. I think I'll get me one of them sniffer dogs. Hey, Willie, them fairways is out of control. You forget to spray growth regulator this month? What's the growth percolator? It kind of miniaturizes the grass. That ain't all it'll miniaturize. Best wash your hands real good before you go to the bathroom because you've been touching that golf ball and then you touch your... Hush uh, up, Cletus. You'll get us accused of bathroom humor again. Better little of that than no humor at all. Cletus, your miniaturization problem is genetic. You just blame your ancestors. Wait, why is chewing tobacco banned? Because of something that happened at the U.S. Open. Y'all hush. Here comes Mama. Whose neon orange backpack is this? Oh, let's see. Uh, that's Bubba's. Where is Bubba? He's out on the lake doing some jug fishing. Why you ask? You find some contraband in Bubba's luggage? Yep. Look what that air-wasting coffin dodger has stashed in a box of Pop-Tarts. What is that? Oh, it looks like two cans of dip and a bag of chawbacky. Ludell, your marshmallow's on fire. Oh, that burning. Bubba's always smuggling stuff. The whole bottom of his golf bag is just a beer cooler in disguise. He keeps a 12-pack of Chinese beer in there all the time. I ain't never seen lavender and soy-flavored chobacchi before. Mama, that's your phone. I thought you said no phones on our fishing trip. Shut up, Willie. Somebody's got to run the golf course. Well, that lavender and soy tobacco's a big deal out there in Northern California. Runs your estrogenic levels way up so you can tolerate living there. That was steaming. Said everything went tickety-boo today. Did 125 rounds and only caught two old geezers trying to steal golf. She said anything about wilt or uh, disease? No. She said both them fellas pretty healthy until she got hold of them. Hey, y'all. This is Mama, owner of Rock Bottom Country Club, and I want to talk to you today about Vinyl Guard. You see, I just detest spending money on foolish things like replacing rake handles and flagpoles every year. That's why I use Vinyl Guard for golf. Every winter, we use Vinyl Guard to protect our weather-exposed equipment. It just makes things look better. You know, Buddy is always finding new ways to use Vinyl Guard. You'd be amazed how much better my frying pan looks. Give Vinyl Guard a try. I bet you'll like it. Well, since it quit raining, the sun finally came out and it got hot, and our Ultra Dwarf is doing really well. But our bent grass competitor across the road, well, he had to call the fire trucks in because I guess that arctic grass didn't have much time to harden off in the heat. Ain't nobody answered my question yet. Why is Mama banning dip and chaw? Boof, Mama banned tobacco in its most slimy form because of what happened at the U.S. Open. I don't see why what happened up there shouldn't affect us. It does affect us. How do you think all that nasty, chewed-up tobacco keeps showing up on our greens and teas and 
In the bunkers. Now, I thought that was goose, you know, stuff. It does seem that we're absolutely overrun with tobacco chomping oafs and knaves and varlets and buffoons and scoundrels and, and poltroons. But what happened at the U.S. Open? Something dark and sinister happened at the U.S. Open and the golf media suppressed it. But since Rock Bottom has informants, moles, and sleeper agents everywhere, including inside the boardroom of the Empire, we're gonna blow this story wide open. Yeah, yeah, big surprise. You gonna pile on and savage the USGA setup, folks, just like everybody else? No, not really. But folks familiar with my work for the last 18 years will probably think I've been compromised and polarized into defending the USGA. Defending the USGA? Mama, did you hit Willie on the head again? No, but I aimed to whoop Bubba upside the head real good. Can't believe he's been smuggling communist Chinese beer onto my golf course. My masked American beer, they just have a name that sounds like uh, one of them panda bears. Contrary to what those oafs in the media claim, the USGA runs a lot of tournaments, and pretty darn well. Yeah, a lot better than them media poltroons could run something. What's a poltroon? Look it up. Anyway. The U.S. Open has always been the toughest golf tournament in this galaxy, and to maintain that image has required flexible tactics from the setup folks. Problem is, the setup folks have had no help whatsoever from the Equipment Rules Legal Department. When you have these little waifs hitting 400-yard drives and 165-yard wedges, the only way to keep the score around par and not 22 under is to make the greens, and the green complex is really, really difficult. And those who say par is not important simply do not understand the psychology of club members. They don't want their personal scores devalued. I thought Shinnecock looked incredible. That superintendent and the crew did an amazing job giving the USGA just what they ordered. That's right. Every time there's a cosmic convergence of synchronicity that brings together just the right course, the right superintendent, the right crew, and the right weather before and during the tournament, well you get a tough golf course. The U.S. Open has always meant tough golf. Deep rough, sometimes ridiculously narrow LZs, hard fast greens. I hate all them things. Me too. But if you want to host the toughest tournament, well, that's what you have to do. And when you do that, what comes next is whining. Lots of whining. Or whinging, as our British brethren call it. That's correct. The players know if they pitch a shrieking hissy fit like a spoiled trophy wife and cry to the sympathetic fanboy reporters, the course will be softened up for them. So you're telling me that the USGA didn't make a mistake? Oh, they made a mistake all right, but it wasn't the setup folks. This whole mess is based on the USGA's failure to counterpunch when the big manufacturers put the ball on steroids, jacked up the shafts, and got away with 460cc trampoline face drivers. Now we have 489 yard drives and the only way the folks setting up the US Open know to get the scores back down to around par is to make the greens complex much more difficult. And then like always, the Silver Spoon Mama's Boy pros start moaning till they get what they want. And what they want, well, that's soft greens so they can drop shots in like mortar rounds and make little dimpled craters. Works every time. So what's your answer? Did you hear the interview with Kimberly Arusha? No, who's she? Well, she's an alphabet, but she's a smart one. She was very careful to give the Shinnecock superintendent credit for how ready the course was. 
I think she said he had 43 on permanent staff and there were 200 volunteers, mostly superintendents and assistants. And she kept saying how they did such a great job. And then every time the on-air oaf tried to steer her somewhere else, Kimberly stayed right on target. I bet she's one of the smartest folks in the entire USGA. I still don't know what this has to do with Chell Becky. Shut up, Booth. We're getting to it. I'm thinking this Kimberly Rusha should just start a coup and take over the reins at the USGA. Stop putting folks in power just because they're rich and got social connections and belong to a top ten club. What they ought to do is try somebody who understands how a golf course works. What the superintendent and crew actually do. Right. Somebody who, for instance, owns a mid-level club, has actually served as a rules official at a big tournament, has a grasp of classic and neoclassic architecture, and is a skilled golfer. Are you ever going to tell us what dark and sinister thing happened up there? I bet it had something to do with Phil playing field hockey with his putter. Was it something that poultry feller did? I mean, besides being out there prancing around in girls' bitches saying mean stuff about them New York crowds. Well, you're always saying mean stuff about New Yorkers. Yeah, but there are New Yorkers. We allowed to provocate them. Uh, let's nominate poultry for this year's Angry Elf Trophy. What's the bacteria for nomination for that? I want to nominate somebody. Well, in order of importance, there's egregious acts of arrogance upon a golf course, unwarranted pretentiousness, doofus comments aimed at the superintendent or crew, or just generally operating outside your bailiwick, especially on TV. Or that, uh, that tweety thing that junior high school kids use to see who's the most popular. Cletus, who did you want to nominate? Aunt Brandy Chablis, fella. Chablis isn't eligible for the Angry Elf. Why not? Chablis already in the finals for the Turpentine Corncob Award. As a former golfer, I think he won a tournament. Chablis is a turf expert without peer and a tweetist of great renown. Ain't he the one who suggested Dorf be used in places where it's so cold he probably wouldn't even come out of dormancy? Yep, he also has expertise on Poa Annua. I thought it was Poa Nua. Where did uh, Chablis get his expertness on the Poe? He said he putted on it. That's like me saying I'm an aeronautical engineer because I got flung out the back of a C-130 several times. That right there probably just got you blocked on Twitter. He must be kind of sensitive. That reminds me of what a famous cycling writer once told me. His name was Grady, and he said, if you're going to stand on the virtual street corner and fling uh, poop, you have to accept that on occasion you might get hit by some. I guess we ain't never going to find out what dark and sinister thing happened at Shinnecock to make Mama ban chewing tobacco. Well, there's this golfer named Pat. Pat somebody. Pat somebody. What Pat somebody do? According to eyewitnesses, Pat approached the nearest USGA rules official and he glared at him. Is that it? He glared at him? Because being glared at by a pro golfer is somewhat akin to being glared at by a pastry chef. Oh, a figure skater. I don't know. I seen some fearsome figure skaters. Name one. Tanya Harding. Well, yeah. Anyway, when he finished glaring at the official, Pat used advanced potty mouth language. And he screamed, You have no bleeping idea what you're doing, do you? I, I don't know if he sounds like that. I just, you know, I'm guessing. Why'd he say that? Well, like a lot of folks, this Pat fella doesn't understand how a golf tournament works. The hole in the green doesn't magically appear when a nearby rules official points at that spot in the green he wants to see torture the helpless golfer. He doesn't have anything to do with it. 
And Pat doesn't know who chooses the cup selection or who actually sinks the cup. Or, obviously, he doesn't know what a rules official does. So you can't cuss a rules official? Well, I remember when Dave Hill got fined $150 at the 1970 U.S. Open just for saying that all the course needed was 80 acres of corn and a few cows. Well, Pat did more than cuss and glare. Pat somebody reached into his mouth, scooped out a big glop of tobacco, and while performing a pirouette and scampering away, he slung the goo in a backhanded manner toward the USGA rules official. Oh, oh you're cute. I'm so tired of cleaning up spit cups and tobacco and lucky strike butts. Who butts? Did the rules guy get hit by a big old glop of tobacco? No, the slimy projectile missed by a couple of feet because, you know, it's difficult to aim while you're running away. Yeah, Lou Dale knows all about that. What'd you say? And then, emboldened by such a blatant act of resistance, a caddy from that same group then approached the official, and he glared at him, too, while parroting the same burst of potty-mouth language. What do you actually do about it? I don't know. Maybe this is just an attempt by pro golf to tap into the crowd-pleasing antics of pro wrestling. No, it's just that same paralyzing fear that kept the folks in charge from controlling the ball, the clubs, and the shafts. Where is that toxic masculinity when you need it? What is toxic masculinity? Uh, toxic masculinity is what started the MGTOW movement. The what movement? M-G-T-O-W stands for men going their own way. You mean like men just get up and run off? No, it's a response to the unfair divorce laws. You know, all the feminist men haters and the general abuse we taken from everybody. See, we just ain't gonna take it no more. We're probably not going to get married or even date women. Ludell, you wasn't even dating to begin with. You just sit around that hound dog all evening watching old football games. I'll have you know women find me irresistible. Well, on the bright side, maybe the newly liberated male will have time to play golf now. Ludell, you sitting too close to the fire. Shut up, I'm a grown man. Been sitting around campfires my whole life, I swear. Willie, don't you get no ideas about running off? I'm not. I'm just concerned we might be affected by a good towel. You know, golfers going their own way, making up their own rules, using illegal equipment. We're doing that now. Hey, Lou Dale. What? Your boat's on fire. Ah, uh, uh, dead gummit. Ain't you got no good news for the radio show? Oh, yes, I do. Last week, in the National Pro Cycling Championships, former turf net rider Ty Magner won the Stars and Stripes jersey in the criteria. Why is he a former turf net rider? Because he started out on bikes I built for him. I took one of Buddy's crash frames, built it up, and Ty won his very first race on it. Only because I taught him to sprint. You did not. I don't see why you support cycling. He's just infested with drugs. Well, that's because cycling actually tests for drugs instead of pretending. Yeah, I seen where they had little motors inside the bicycles. Yeah, that's called mechanical doping, and, and they've been caught at it. But you know what sport is overrun with mechanical doping and refuses to do anything about it? NASCAR? No, golf. Just a couple of weeks ago at a long drive contest, they asked some of those big hitters to see what they could do with a persimmon driver. And the winning drive was like 282 yards. A lot less than the 440 they get with their mechanical doping. Hey, my mystic order of greenkeepers dues went up. Now they want money for keeping my M.O.G. letters behind my name. Well, you know, that's how associations operate. 
at first they're all about helping their members succeed and then after a while they get powerful and they begin to make decisions based on helping the association get more powerful and immune to dissent. Speaking of dissent, I want to be there when Aunt Fanny finds out tobacco been banned at rock bottom. Willie, did you bring the electric fence? I'm scared of bears. Yeah, and I got bear spray too. That's mama's hairspray. Just as toxic. Is that gonna be story time before we hit the sleeping bag? I think I'd rather just go to sleep. That way I can get up early and catch a few trout before it gets hot. Did y'all notice all the maluminals and the young folks on the trail today? I think they really like being in the woods. Yeah, they kind of remind me of our generation before we got contaminated by corporatism. I know they don't like us. I'm getting tired of hearing how the boomers messed it up for the Gen Xers and the Millennials and the Gen Z cupcakes. I just want to tell them the baby Ruth was already in the water when I got in the pool. That's true. The generation before us got crazy wealthy. Don't believe it? Look at your richest members, probably all 80 years old. But see, their taxes were low, and it was before Tricky Dick's burst of inflation. And there was hardly any regulation if they wanted to start a business or build something. Nowadays, you gotta grovel to the bureau rats and produce enough paperwork to fill a shipping container if you just wanna open a lemonade stand. I'll tell you this, if those whiny little cupcakes coming up next in the batter's box get their way, we really will see a nanny state. Only instead of Mary Poppins, it'll be Frau Blucher starring in the bridge over the river Potomac. I miss the gentler times, the late 60s. You know, Woodstock and Lee Trevino and the Easy Rider. No, no. Every time we sit around a campfire, Lee Dale flashes back to the hippie times and starts crying. Well, he has a point. Every time we try to simplify something back to the more peaceful times, somebody comes up with more tech and more rules, and it all takes more money. It's just not healthy. You know, I'm thinking being bathed in Wi-Fi microwaves all day might be melting my, um, uh, my male hormones. Well, I'm sure of it. A couple of college kids I know been taking classes on how to control their toxic masculinities. You know what's happening, right? They take young males, lock them in a classroom environment all day, and when normal male behavior surfaces, you know, like escaping evasion, the women teachers start screaming, quick, quick, diagnose them, dope them boys up so they act calm and sensible, like girls. Well, I gotta get up early and make biscuits. I think it's great the young folks are out on the trails backpacking and riding mountain bikes and camping. Lacing up boots and shouldering a ruck is the best way to clear that city noise out of your head. Well, you just mark my words. The day will come when we might need as much of that toxic masculinity as we can get. Like when the Visigoths come over the wall. And what'll we stop them with? Gonna show them our transcripts and frighten them with our PhDs. Visigoths? Is that one of them bands you listen to? Okay, good night. Wait, how about just a quick story time before we go to bed? Tell us about the time Mike threw a Jacobson salesman over the fence. Oh, is it through the fence? Or, or when Matt buried a golf cart, or, well, well, I know, when Naked Batman jumped out of the dark and grabbed Gilbert like that alien did on, uh... No. You can tell us about when Tiny Larry's wife beat him with a two-by-four. Well, he shouldn't have called her Orca. Now, she had toxic masculinity. Tiny Larry had lumps on his face for a year. Now, tell us the one about Mike pinning that Yankee to the wall for saying Southerners was slow. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio. Broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes.